Welcome to the 504 Core Podcast. This is the episode number one. We're getting it started. We're going to get it started hot with the NBA playoffs. Big action going on right now as we speak, guys. The Lakers and the Warriors this could possibly be the last time we see LeBron and Steph Curry competing in the NBA playoffs. What y'all's thoughts? Let's start with Mike first. I mean, as a Pels fan, this is just brutal to watch the Lakers do well. I mean, let's be honest. Um, and then I, I'm not – I love Curry's game, but he's just a hot dog, you know. I'm it's surprised Steph he doesn't Curry. take his – respect, right? Well, I, I, I respect him, but I'm surprised he doesn't take his pants off after every three he makes. It's just like <laughs> – just gets ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you're watching greatness. Um you know, uh, I, th- I feel like AD has to have a, a massive game every game for them to have a chance to win. And, like, that or just, like, one of the role players to go off. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I think I'm starting to lean towards the Lakers just to win the series just because they have no one to guard AD. And, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I, I feel like the Lakers have the advantage. But, honestly, who knows? You don't want to bet against LeBron. You don't want to bet against Curry. So, it's tough. Um I don't know. I, right. I saw I saw all the odds for the Lakers and went out like plus five hundred. So I, was like, I thought that was pretty interesting. But Zach, who who do you have? And um, were you pulling for the Lakers or the Grizzlies in the round before that? Because I have an interesting take on that. I don't really know who I'm pulling for right now. I feel like I'm pulling for the Lakers in a way, which is just disrespectful to even say as a Pelicans fan. But when you look at like the people and you look at not the people, the players specifically. Who's going to guard Anthony Davis? I mean, Kevon Looney's feet are too slow. Draymond's too small. It just does Police. (laughs) His feet are too slow. Draymond's too small. You're just going to let Anthony Davis eat the entire time. It's really interesting, though, watching LeBron kind of play a different role for that team. Off ball, not really controlling the pace as much. He's more of a facilitator. Um, It's a really different way of things. I guess I'll backtrack and say I'm not specifically pulling for the Lakers. I'm pulling for the best series because um, I respect Curry and I respect Curry's game. I'm, I've been a Clay Thompson fan all my life. But, yeah, I uh, I, I expect that, that series to be something special. And back to what you were saying before, was I pulling for the Grizzlies or the Lakers? Grizzlies. Probably for the Grizzlies so that we could get a better draft pick. I mean, you got to look back. It, it all yeah. comes to the Pelicans at the end of the day. But it doesn't matter anymore because it's not going to be in the lottery. And it's a pick yeah. So it doesn't matter anymore. And also, Dylan Brooks poking the bear. Like, why do that, dude? Like, they deserve to lose. The Memphis Grizzlies deserve to lose. And I hate the Lakers. And I hate saying that. And I hated betting on the Lakers all last series. But you're stupid. What are you doing, Dylan Brooks? Like, that's the main reason you're not going to be a part of that team anymore. He's a solid young player. So and who now, are you back in this series between the Lakers yeah. and Warriors? Yeah. And, and back on uh, to the Lakers-Warriors series. Dude, the Warriors are a dynasty. Man. They just won a championship. I get it, right? They're not clicking on all cylinders. But we just saw a masterpiece by Steph Curry. The most points in the Game 7 ever. 50 points. I know they lost Game 1, but they lost Games 1 and 2 last series to the Kings. They're going to be fine. Steph my question Curry and them dudes are gonna be yeah. fine. I got the Warriors and seven. My question is, is like, is Davis and LeBron gonna stay healthy? That's like, that's, that's the question. question. I mean, Davis falls down seventeen times a game, and you think he's torn Achilles every time he falls down. So it's just like, you know, I don't know. 
That's interesting. Speaking of hell, we got to talk about Hemi Butler or Hemi Jordan. I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler. Let me get that right. Jimmy Butler, who missed game two, but guys, what do you think of his performance? He's been kind of the story of this playoff so far. Sheer dominance. It's like once the once the lights are brightest, Jimmy Butler just flips a switch and it's over. He, he's been doing everything from mid-range, getting to the rim, facilitating. Everything that Jimmy's doing right now is just absolutely special. He, he's a different beast in the playoffs, and he's shown that so far. I mean, he absolutely just destroyed the entire Bucks franchise. Just their coach is done. Like coach is fired. I mean, another another franchise to add to Jimmy Butler's arsenal. You know, like it's it just it keeps happening, and it, it's special. What he's doing is special. Jimmy, Hemi, whatever you want to call him, he's different. Jimmy Jordan. Hemi Jordan. He's playing like his dad. Go ahead, Mike. Oh yeah, I mean, me and Corey briefly talked about it the other day. Just like he's just a playoff guy. Like this yeah. dude, just he's a playoff guy. Like some guys just tra- don't translate to the playoffs. Like a lot of bigs don't translate to the playoffs. Just like he translates. Like whatever it is, he just want, He's just a rare breed. You want that guy on your team ten out of ten times. So I mean, he's tough. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they have enough firepower to beat the Knicks, but um, I mean, no hero. When's he's hero a come back? He's a winner. He's a winner. Yeah, he's a winner. Yeah, no doubt. When does when does Hero come back? Like a month? If he comes back, it's gonna be for the finals. Yeah, he's out for the rest of the wow. But I mean, uh, they're deep. Eric is one of the best coaches in the league, so they have a shot. Facts. Um, so yeah, that was trend. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I wish the Pelicans would trade for him, but that's never gonna happen. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that now we're gonna transition over to the Pelicans. Um, I'm gonna get my rant out first, and I'm gonna let you I'm guys talk. This was the I, – I know Giannis said that there's no failures in life. And I agree, and I kind of live by that message, right? There's no failures. You learn from their mistakes. But at some point in time, you got to produce, right? The juice has to be worth the squeeze. And Zion Williamson's tenure as a Pelican, he has zero playoff minutes. He played 29 games this year. You're the one seed when he was playing. So, yes, we all know how good the Pelicans were. But this, in my opinion, was the most disappointing season in the New Orleans Pelicans history, guys. You were the one seed, and then you get bounced out of the playing game. The one seed. The only saving grace for this season is we know Trey Murphy's pretty good. That's it. That's it. And it's not just Zion. It's also Brandon Ingram. You can't miss three months every single season. You can't. So, all right, we're going to start with Mike. What do you think? Uh, Where do I start? How do you follow Um, that up? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to – should I start with the player? Should I start with the team as a whole? What What do you think? Get it all. Willie Um, Riggs, I know you don't like his rotations. Yeah, I mean, it was just a frustrating year. Just, I mean, you were the one seed, and then, you know, you're kicking ass, and then all of a sudden, hamstring injury, like, okay, cool, I'll be back in a month or three weeks, whatever it was. Prolong that to the end, it's like, okay. It's so typical as, like, a Pelicans, like, franchise. It's just, like, they get your hopes up, and then – They blue ball. thing you know, like – yeah, next thing you know, they screw you. So it's just it's just tough being a, a fan of this franchise, but it's just like a cheating girlfriend that you just keep coming back to. It's just like, damn, dude. 
it's fucking brutal. But you know, um, yeah, I mean, just honestly, you know what you have with this team. I mean, you know, Trey Murphy's going to pro- progress in a positive way. You know, you know, when Zion is on the floor, he's a you know transcendent player. So, I mean, the, the core is there. It's just like they need to figure out the underlying issue of health. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're you know eating too much gumbo or not training certain body ligaments you know hard enough I, I don't know what it is but they just need to figure that out but yeah i mean i don't know if you guys watched that bobby marks video on youtube because everyone's bitching about like oh trade zion trade zion i'm like okay you know maybe you don't trade him when his value is low but it, the dude can't stay healthy but in the video he talks about how the uh the value of his contract is actually really really well done because there's a lot of protections in there so he was saying like you don't really want to trade him at this point. Um, yeah. If you're if you're a Pelicans fan, I would highly suggest watching that on YouTube. Um, so what do you do? Like, do you trade Zion? Do you trade Ingram? You do you get rid of them? them, or do you just stick with the core that you have? And I think just you just rock with them. And see. Yeah. I think the, my only two untouchables on the Pelicans are Ingram and Murphy. Everyone else, it's like you get a call and someone's going to give you a king's ransom, then do it. Yeah, All right, we're talking about Trey Murphy, though. So, Zach, what would you do here right now? I feel like the culture, like, obviously, this is a disappointing year. Like you said, like, probably the biggest failure in Pelicans slash Hornets history. Can't say failure. Oh, yeah, Giannis said I can't, so I can't say that. But it was a disappointing season. It was it was awful. It, it was something that just it, it, it hurt a lot of fans, including us three, just destroyed our hopes and dreams. But at the same time – you know, the culture that you have is is strong. You, you have a C.J. McCollum who's a locker room guy. I don't even want to talk about C.J. at this point in time because I'm so fed up. But, yeah, I'm, I, I, see, I see you, Corey. I know. You have your guys. You have your players. You know what you got. And I know, Corey, and the whole C.J. thing, We all of us have gone back and forth on it. But you got you got a locker room full of just absolute dudes. When healthy, you see what what we're capable of. It's just a matter of staying on the floor, getting your body right, and just maintaining. Because like you said, in January, we're the number one seed. We came into the new year fresh, looking the part, and then it just crumbled once Zion went out. Damn. Yeah, I got you got to remember. It's like they were number one seed. You got to remember those few months. And you were like, that's what you got to keep reverting back to. It's like, just stay healthy. Just stay healthy. But like, it's getting to the point where it's like, is it ever going to happen? So right. yeah, I agree with you. And to go on to my last thing I'm going to say, Zach, is about CJ McCollum. That yeah, I want to hear this. Torn and he was playing, and he needed thumb surgery, and he ain't limping out like the two best players on the team. And that, and that's a fair point. It's a fair point. He, he he fought through it. He went through the grind. He did what he had to do. But at what point, when you're just not playing like you can, is a fifty percent CJ McCollum better than, than Daniels? Yes. Is it better than that? Okay, then that then that's fair. Then that's fair. Yeah. Josh Richardson, yes. Oh, God. I, I don't know, dude. Yeah. McCollum shoots you out of games a lot of times. It's very yeah, frustrating when a team goes on a run. Games. The problem what? with this team wasn't defense. The problem with this team was offense. They had nobody to score when Zion went out. True. They were the number, True. like, seven defensive team in the NBA. When they had both True. of them, they were top top ten um, in both categories. Another thing, you talked about culture. This team's mm-hmm. culture was – Outworking every team for a year, they got their asses kicked in hustle points. So, let's talk about another New Orleans disappointment. Maybe 
they're not this year. The New Orleans Saints, I thought they had a solid draft. I thought they filled their needs. I thought they had some good value picks. We're going to start with Zach this time. Zach, overall, what do you give the Saints draft grade, and what did you think of them? I think it's easy to give them a B, a B plus for what they did. They went out, like you said, they filled what they they got what they needed, handled business. Loomis did what he had to do. Love, love adding TCU running back Kendrick Miller. I mean, that's just that's great. I feel like he can come in and make a difference at some point. I know we've talked about a lot of things that he's dealt with, but at the same time, I feel like he can come in and make an impact over time. You don't know what's going to happen with Kamara. You just never know in general. But overall, I like what they did. I mean, they filled roles, like you said, they filled needs and. Kind of just work from there, go into camp, and, and see if they make any other additional moves before, you know, OTAs and everything kick off. Mike? Yeah, like, take it back what Zach said. I mean, they fill a lot of needs. I mean, honestly, this team could, like, you could draft anywhere and, like, there would be a need. Like, they're they're very top-heavy, I feel like. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like they conquered a lot. Or they, they, um, they made a lot of smart picks, it seemed like. I'm, I'm like, weirdly – Weirdly, extremely happy about the undrafted class. I was looking through all that, and I was just like watching highlights of all those guys. Like, I feel like that. I mean, that's where that's where the Saints make their bread and butter. I mean, that's where Super Bowls are won. Of those like four through undrafted guys, fourth round through undrafted guys. So cheap contracts, you get them for a few years, and then you know you build it. Like that's how the Saints rebuilt so fast in 2017. They just hit on every single pick. Like if they hit on 60% of their picks and two or three undrafted guys, like we could. Saints could bounce back in a big way very fast. So I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I thought they did really, really well. I thought their first-round pick, uh, Breesey, I think that guy's going to be really good. Um, you know, it, I've never seen a guy have such bad luck in a short amount of time. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that was tough. That what was did he have? He had an ACL. His sister died, a kidney infection. Didn't he have, like, a shoulder injury? Like The list like, goes on and on. Just a, yeah, I mean, like – yeah, I mean, that's just like, okay, just to deal with all that and then to come back and still be a first-round pick, like, I'm very, very bullish on him, you know, just moving forward. So, plus he's going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, how many D, how many D tackles do we have right now? we got Saunders, him. Who's the, other guy? who's the other guy we just signed to? we got three. I mean, three, that, yeah. that's yeah. it. And then you also, you also needed um, Isaiah Zafowski from Notre yeah. Dame. That was – probably arguably my favorite pick of the draft because you know the production he's going to get 11 straight I mean 11 sacks the past two years Notre Dame's all-time sacks leader and he's kind of big raw body built right he's a bull rushing type of pass rusher kind of fills that void that Marcus Davenport that you lost with Davenport I know Davenport didn't play a lot but this guy did this guy is consistent no health concerns and then also, I really, really like the guard they got in the fourth yeah. round from Old Dominion. He seems like a guy that can come in and early. Goodbye, Andres Pete. Hopefully, I don't want to see you on my TV screen anymore. I'm <laughs> done. He's got another year, but yeah, he that's he's clearly the the replacement. Yeah, I th- when I was watching the draft, I was like, oh, Saint, oh shit, Saints traded up, and then they're like Nick Salaveria. I'm like, who? And I was watching the highlights. I'm like, this dude's a beast. Like he's 66, a beast. 20. Very like, good pick. Dude is he's, massive. he's a Saints pick. The Teron Armstead, the Carl Nicks, the yeah. uh, Bush Rod. That fourth round, third, fourth round has been great for that team in terms of getting really quality offensive linemen, and that unit needs help because you got Derek Carr now. You got to protect them, you know, and 
you say what you want about Derek Carr. I'm very high on him. I think he's a top 12 quarterback in this league. Guys, what do you think this team could be with Derek Carr now at the out? Let's start with Mike this time. Ceiling, 11 or 12 wins. Floor, eight wins. Seven wins. I don't know. The division's so bad. I mean. I'm going to say 10 and 7, to be honest. Zach, what you I mean, got? That's exactly what I was going to say. Just because the division is so bad. Like, yeah, to the point where, like, if you if you don't win 10 games, I mean, Corey, we could come back and say that this season was a disappointment. or Because yeah, Giannis said we can't say failure anymore about sports. It'd be a disappointment. I mean, it just – you got to win at least 10, 11 games, win the division. You got Derek Carr. I feel like we – we should talk about Derek Carr because I know Corey's so high on him, but Mike, on the other hand, doesn't really like the contract as much. But I mean, I feel like you know, top twelve quarterbacks a fair statement. Top twelve, top fifteen. We have the weapons on the outside, kind of, and we there's there's enough there's enough talent right there to win the division and get you know your 10, 11 wins on the year. You know what you're getting with Derek Carr. That's why I like him. You know, I remember two years ago, production. but the Raiders uh, he lost his head coach and his best receiver killed a woman. And he led them to a playoffs. He doesn't have a top 30 defense his whole career. The Raiders organization's a joke. Now he brings that consistency. The guy is very accurate. The guy is a student of the game. He's got a solid arm, too. And he's in the prime. So if Derek Carr is going to make a statement that he's a really good quarterback, it's now or never. The only thing that frightens me is the Dennis – I mean, Dennis Allen. What He's like 15 and 38 as a head coach. I mean – not very impressive, but I mean, he has had you know Terrell. Who who is his quarterback at the Raiders? Like Terrell Pryor. Derek Carr. No, 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 no. Well, he drafted him in his rookie year, but who who was the? Oh, it was, uh, like a, it was the uh, old Penn State quarterback. Um, no, it was Ohio State quarterback. It was like well, yeah, for years. So Terrell. Pryor. Yeah, but no, he he's had shit QBs. But I mean, I think the thing with Carr is you're banking more on his leadership skills than more of his like actual skills, like. I feel like the difference between Annie Dalton and Derek Carr is not that vast. Um, oh, my I think, goodness. I, disagree. I think just – huh? I oh, my gosh. I, I think there's a, a pretty marginal – Do you like look – when? okay, Annie Dalton's is just a solid backup. Like, But I think just like the Saints are banking on Carr's leadership skills. Like I don't think Annie Dalton went in there and like commanded the locker room like Derek Carr is going to do. So I think they just wanted that leader. You, you, um, you ever seen Andy Dalton's pregame hype video with the Bengals? Go check that yeah. out. Yeah, all I'm saying. yeah I, don't, I don't think that translated to the Saints, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, it wasn't a good hype video, Mike. Wasn't a good. Hype uh, okay. Video. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know if you're saying it was a good one or not. No, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't a good. It wasn't a good one, All right, guys, let's join me. No I'm kidding. Um. So next topic, dude. LSU just keeps winning in every single sport. Women's basketball, Natty. Gymnastics going to the Final Four. Baseball is number one. LSU football is going to be ranked possibly in the top four to start the season. Let's start with baseball real quick because I got to ask Zach a question. A lot of injuries to this bullpen, a lot. Does this team have enough arms to make it to Omaha? We know the offense is probably the best offense the last 20 years. Do they have enough arms to make it to Omaha? I was on a radio thing the other day, and they kind of asked me the exact same thing. And I was – it's like, yes. The the answer is yes. Losing Garrett Edwards for the rest of the year, it, I feel like everybody kind of knew that he tore his UCL and was going to do Tommy John, but they were just kind of just like waiting for the right time to do it, I guess. But 
you lose Grant Taylor to start the season, you lose Chase George, you lose Garrett Edwards, you lose three of your key guys, your best reliever in Garrett Edwards. So when it comes to pitching, you know, you have guys and it's LSU, you always have reinforcements. But to get to Omaha, it's going to take a lot of bodies. You need Javen Coleman to get back into that rhythm like he's shown that he can. You need Riley Cooper to stay on his A game. Can Gavin Guidry, the freshman, maintain what he's doing right now? Because he's going to be in the infield for the most part for his career, but we need him on the mound right now. From a pitching perspective, the bodies are there, the talent's there. You can do what Jay Johnson's been doing, put guys in for maybe half an inning, an inning, just like slow, small spurts. I believe that that can maintain. I mean, like you said, man, that offense is one of the best. It'll go down as one of, if not the best ever. I mean, ever. It, it's 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 just disgusting. The one-two punch of Dylan Cruz, Tommy White, and it just goes all the way down. I mean, it, it's unstoppable. Can the pitching maintain enough to make it to Omaha? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say yes because they haven't proven to me otherwise yet. Mike? I mean, obviously, Skeens is, you know, probably the top Best college pick. pitcher I've ever seen. It's, yeah, it doesn't I mean, even make sense what he does. It's, so, like, you, obviously you have that, like, whenever he's on the mound, like, you have a pretty good chance of winning the game. It's like, you just have to ask yourself, like, yeah, LSU fans will bitch about whatever, like, not having pitching. You just got to compare yourself to other teams. Like, how are other teams stacking up against yours? I mean, the offense can carry you pretty far, and then Skeens is really good. So, you pretty much have to compare yourself. Um, but it's baseball. Like yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild watching LSU. They're like, some teams will walk Cruz just to see Tommy White just like right up. It's Pick like, your poison. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, it's, not, it's not a good option, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. You know what? What is what is a uh, Cruz hitting right now? Like five hundred or something? Like yeah, that? almost like four eighty-one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just so silly. So, I mean, you, you just have to like, you know, you just have to remember it's college baseball. It's not the MLB. There's not going to be six, four or five pitchers deep. So, um, yeah, I mean. Like I said, you just got to compare yourself to other teams and see where you're at. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and like the last thing, even if your pitching is kind of subpar going into the postseason, they've proven that no deficit is too large to overcome. I mean, they've been able to down five runs, come back, beat Bama, down four runs, come back, beat Bama. And it just goes just down the totem pole over and over again. They've proven that they can come back and win games no matter who's on the mound. So it's really just a matter of time just to see if this team's clicking on all cylinders by the time postseason play starts. All right, last topic, guys. LSU football just ended spring. Both quarterbacks looked well, you know, overall. I mean, it's just this team seems very talented, and it seems like they should win the SEC West. Kind of expectations now heading into the summer. Let's start with Mike. Uh, you just want to keep seeing Jaden Daniels improve. I mean, that's like the biggest thing. I know they were talking about how much – I try not to read into LSU media hype like in the offseason, but, I, you know, I do it every year. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll hype – this team could be complete shit, and they'll hype them up to, like, SEC contenders. So, uh, But, I mean, just if you, if you continue to see Jaden Daniels improve and get better and uh, learn the system more and more confidence, I think that's the key to everything. And then, I mean, they're, they're pretty deep everywhere, it seems like, except maybe – I mean, who are their cornerbacks? Uh, they got the guy from Syracuse. They have Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, Zy Alexander from Southeastern, well, J.K. Johnson well, as well. They have yeah. Welch, who's like the only returner. They have bodies. They're just all transfers. Yeah, they have bodies. It's just like who are those two or three guys that are going to merge is my biggest question. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, uh, Harold Perkins, I think everyone knows who he is and what he's done and what he's going to continue to do. So, I mean, I think I think they're being pretty good. I think Bama's going to be pretty beat up this year. Or not beat up, but 
you know, I don't think they're going to be the same team like they've been the past few years. So uh, who's Bama's QB? I know they just got that transfer. Oh, dude, they're struggling at QB, man. They're struggling. They look horrible in the spring game. Yeah, I mean, so, like, they have a legitimate chance to win SEC West. Um, I think they can do it. I mean, the, the roster is loaded, so they have the talent. Just keep – as long as Kelly keeps bringing in recruits and, you know, everyone continues to develop, you know, you're good. Plus, Nussmeyer is, like, you know, a phenomenal QB as well uh, coming as a backup. So, I think I think they should be pretty good. They have a legitimate chance. And, like I said, just just keep improving. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. For Offensively, you're golden. I mean, you're letting Jade Daniels come back for a year or two and Mike Denbrock's system. I mean, come back with the receivers. You know, Kyron Lacey looked great during spring camp. It's, you don't want to take too much from spring ball, but Kyron Lacey certainly looked the part. Malik Neighbors is going to take that next step. It's a given. Brian Thomas Jr., your receiving core is disgusting, and they're all coming back for a second season with Jaden Daniels where continuity has been formed. You know, he's going to have more time in the pocket this season. Your fr- true freshman tackles, Emory Jones and Will Campbell, they're going to enter their second season. You know, they're going to be more poised. They're going to be more calm. They're going to be prepared. So offensively, you're absolutely golden. At running back, there's a little bit of a concern there, but a reinforcement could be on the way coming soon. Yeah, um, I was going to ask about Logan Diggs. I didn't yeah. know if he heard anything. You, you, you could see some things happening over the next few days. He's going to visit Ole Miss right now over the weekend, kind of just like keep – keeping other schools on their toes type thing. But I think LSU has a really good chance there. You already have six running backs, but if you bring in somebody as proven as Logan Diggs as well, add more depth to that to that running back room, your backfield's set. Offensively, you're great. Defense is where it's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, you have your front four, disgusting. Your linebackers, Harold Perkins, Omar Spates, disgusting. And then you look at your secondary. I mean, you're probably going to have Zy Alexander start the Southeastern transfer. He looked great during spring. I, I I like what I saw from him. And you don't even know what you're getting from Deuce Chestnut yet. He was injured and he was banged up all spring. He was dominant at Syracuse. That's a guy who's a dog. J.K. Johnson looked okay at the Ohio State transfer. So they could look to add one or two more cornerbacks this offseason. The UL transfer, uh, Trey Amos entered the portal. LSU's in his ear. He could potentially be on campus in the next couple of days. But you, you, you have some guys – to really make up that secondary, again, like I was saying a minute ago, it's just a matter of getting continuity. I mean, this team could win 10 games, and I feel like that's their floor. I mean, I feel like it's expected to win at least 10 games a season and beat Alabama, keep staying over that hump, and punch your ticket to the SEC championship and, you know, see what happens from there. But you got the talent to be superb. Corey, what you think? I agree. I agree. And the one, one guy in the secondary you didn't mention was Greg Brooks, who I think is going to be a big I didn't even get to the safeties. Yeah. Greg Brooks is a beast. Uh, Harold Perkins is a beast. I think the expectation is there. We're going to see. I mean, it's also having a quarterback in the second year of Brian Kelly's system. Um, the future is bright. Also, Darren Nussmeyer staying on campus and not transferring is huge because you need two quarterbacks in the SEC because at any moment, Jaden Daniels could good, go out. But, yeah, the future is bright. This team's going to be exciting. I want to see uh, who they add. Hopefully they add Logan Diggs at the running back room because I don't know if John Emery plays this year, sadly, with, you know, it's GPA and everything. He didn't practice during spring because of that. But this team's going to be fun. All right, guys, one last thing. One thing you guys want to talk about before we go. Let's start with Zach. I think you got to talk about women's basketball, dude. I mean, my goodness gracious. Kim Mulkey's building an absolute monster. Dynasty. And they're not done. I mean – all, all, all signs are kind of pointing in that direction of Anissa Mora right now, the DePaul star. Um, 
We'll see. She's supposed to be visiting South Carolina this weekend. We'll see if she goes through with that. But, I mean, it's just – it's it's unbelievable what she's doing. Hypothetically, if you add Anissa Mora to your lineup, you'll have three All-Americans. Haley Vanlith was an all – she was an honorable mention. But you have Angel Reese. You have Haley Vanlith. Hypothetically, you have Anissa Mora. You have the number one recruiting class coming in. SEC Freshman of the Year, Flaje Johnson. I mean, your team is just absolutely golden. That program, like you said, Corey, is just building a dynasty before our very eyes. It's truly remarkable. This recruiting class that's coming yeah. in is unreal. I mean, you can, yeah, you can compare like to the war. Like what they're doing is just unreal, man. Like I, I love what Mulkey's creating down here. The culture shifting. People are buying into the buying into the basketball program. It's it's something special. I feel like that's something that's just got to be hit on by us because it, it's truly unbelievable. I agree, Mike. Um. I was going to ask you guys, if, if you're the Pelicans GM, what, what's your number one thing you do this year, like in the offseason? You need shooting, and you also need a big man who can block shots and protect the paint. Those are your two biggest needs. Boom. You need to get a versatile big. Do you trade Valanciunas, or do you wait? I think it's I, contract year, right? I, I think I don't think it's a, the worst thing in the world would be to trade him, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thought he was very underrated on this team, and I hated – that they didn't just keep feeding him the ball versus the Thunder. Like, what are you doing? That was unreal to me. Dude, he was like 13. I mean, 11 for 13, had 20-something points, and they didn't even use him in the third quarter or the second half, and that's when they blew the lead. Like, there were so many games where you just keep feeding him. So if he can't play, and he obviously should be playing in the last five minutes, but if he can't play for Jackson Hayes, in the last five minutes, then then you got to look at moving. Would you hire? Would you hire Bud? He just got fired today. I, I he'd probably get a head coaching job somewhere, but if he not, would you, he's yeah, he he's golden. He, he's he'll get. But I mean, him. if he if if he wants to take a step back, make him the lead assistant. I mean, they need yep. it. I think Willie Green's like a good coach. I think he's just he's just obviously a players' coach. I don't know how but, in depth. But I don't he want is Bud telling Willie not to call timeouts during the last second plays. But like Willie Green. Um, does some well, shit with rotations where you're just like, like okay, so like putting fine. in Kyra Lewis in the playing game when he hasn't played in like ten games. It's like, like what are you doing? But yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, they have a lot of options. I mean, they have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of tradable guys. So it'll be be interesting to see uh, what they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just, I guess I guess the Pelicans are just waiting on that big superstar to request a trade and then go all in. But yeah, we're gonna find out. Apparently that superstar is Trey Young. Uh, if you want to nah. call him a superstar, I nah. personally would not. Nah, a guy a guy is known as a shooter who shoots what like thirty two percent from three. That's not I, with with like now it is. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not not ideal, but I kind of think Trey Young is a little bit of a playoff guy. Like he just you know, it's a little a, bit. I can work yeah, with that. It's, I yeah, I mean, he's not – he doesn't play defense, but he will drop 30 and maybe 10 assists. So, But, no, I, I don't think he's the ideal fit. I mean, if you, if you go after Trey Young, you have to give up McCollum, right? You can't have McCollum and Trey Young. That would be a Correct. nightmare. No, so. Trey I mean, Young's also a cancer. we got to add that as well. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, he's working on another coach. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I guess – just wait for that next guy and then just the best fit. So I wish I was listening to podcasts. They're saying I like Jalen Brown, like whatever team he goes to, he's going to run into a contract issue. So 
because there's I'm something to do with Max, whatever he wants. Give well, that's bag. the thing. He doesn't. He he doesn't get the bag unless he makes like NBA all t- like uh, an NBA all team. So. He should be. Well, he gets he's twenty-seven. He's like second-team all defense. No, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I would love to go like after him, but like, there's like some kind of weird CBA thing where like the team that like has his rights can't sign him to a, a certain percentage of the cap or something like that. So, I don't know. The NBA is kind of weird with all that stuff. But yeah, if, if not, then I would say go after him. But because I know there's been rumblings all year and how he's not happy in Boston. But yeah, I think he'd be a natural fit with Bi and uh, Zion. But who knows? Um, but yeah, I guess just if you're the Pelicans, just wait and see, and then just. Like like we said earlier, just build on that core and pray to God you can stay healthy and see what you have. So Excellent. I don't know. Corey, you got anything? Me. Corey, you got anything? Nope, that's it. I mean, y'all guys covered the points about women's basketball. That is actually my point. Uh, just them, Kim Mulkey's just what she's done. Nine wins. Yeah. Two years ago to a national championship. To now, this roster is loaded. They also got Michaela Williams, the number one recruit coming out of high school. People forget about her. I mean, it's just loaded. And then the Pelicans, it's just going to be an interesting off off season. They got to get some more depth. Um, they got to get healthy. They got to change something up the way they do things, the way they practice. But that's about it. I think we've all um, made our points today. I liked our podcast. It was fun, entertaining. And guess what, guys? It's only episode number one. And continue to do this every single week to get you up to football season throughout the summer. Get ready for football season. Thanks, guys, for joining us. For Zach Nagy to Michael Foray, I'm Corey Rolden. That's the 504 Court Podcast. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we go, happy 504 day. Oh, it's beautiful. That's that beautiful. It is beautiful. I had to mention that. Hey, mm-hmm. that's when you start the podcast on 504 day. Beautiful. That's awesome. It's Lord's work. See you guys next week. All right, guys.